This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bann. talk about those debt ceiling negotiations between the White House and Capitol Hill. I want to bring in NBC senior congressional correspondent Garrett Hake. So, uh, Garrett, Congressman Graves, who was one of House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's debt ceiling negotiators, says, and he should know, things are not going well. What's the latest you're hearing? Well, the problem here, Chris, is that they're stuck. At the end of the day, this is about spending levels. And Republicans say they want to spend less next year than the U.S. government spent this year. But they keep walling off sections of the budget that they don't want to cut. And as the White House, uh, as our reporting has indicated, has tried to put other things on the table, other ways to spend money or save money or try to achieve some of the same deficit reductions uh, that the House Republicans want. And House Republicans are saying thanks, but no thanks. Take, for a case in point, uh, Medicare savings, the idea that perhaps the U.S. government could make up some of the costs that Republicans want to make up by spending less money on prescription drugs or payments to insurers. Well, here's what happened when I asked Kevin McCarthy about that a little while ago. interested in that when they said you can't touch Medicare or Social Security. You don't think there's a savings no, to be had there? No, remember what the president said long ago? You can't touch Medicare or Social Security. He said he wouldn't deal with it. So that's a cut in your view, then? That's not something the, that would go? The president said you can't. I'm asking your no. opinion on it, Mr. Okay, Speaker. Okay, I, I understand you're asking my opinion, but I'm going to be very clear. The president said you can't do anything with Medicare or Social Security. And now he wants to bring that into the fold. We all heard that from all the people across the country over and over. So, Chris, I mean, that just gives you an example. The House Republicans have taken revenue raisers, i.e. closing tax loopholes, raising taxes on the wealthy off the table. They continue to kind of carve out things where they won't make cuts. That leaves cuts mainly to domestic spending, democratic priorities. If your recipe here is to put together a coalition that can vote for a bipartisan bill, that ain't it. Democrats are not going to support that. And so we go around and around and around with that deadline moving ever closer. Garrett Haig, thank you for that. I think there would be a huge backlash from our entire uh, House Democratic, you know, caucus, certainly the progressives, but also in the streets. You know, I mean, I think that this is, it's important that we don't take steps back from the very strong agenda that the president himself shepherded and led over the last two years. But if the president agrees to spending caps, or if he agrees to work requirements on certain social safety programs. It's going to be a problem. We do not legislate through the debt ceiling for this very reason. Tuesday, 23 May in the year of our Lord, 2023, uh, Russ vote for the Center for Renewing uh, America, the Center for American Renewal. Um, Russ, you've been one of the architects of this. Uh, Where are we right now in the fog of war? See through this for a second, because this morning we had a lot of momentum on coming out of the conference to really question this one, this phony one June deadline. There's no deadline. And we had McHenry, we had Gates. 
sitting there going, the Treasury Department had come forward with a financial model and kind of show us their work. And it may be, I think I'm seeing some tweets right now, McHenry may be backing off that, but where are we standing in this whole process? I mean, I love the clips that you just showed and being able to see the absolute panic the White House and the left is in as a result of the months of framing this fight right about woke and weaponized bureaucracy. It's not about Social Security and Medicare. And to see the White House going to Medicare cuts is pretty amazing. But we're in a good place. Now, the, the, the House Republicans need to hold strong. Do the negotiators need to hold strong? Yes, absolutely. But I do recognize that as the Republicans in the House have made it clear to the negotiators, this is what we're fighting for. The House passed bill, $5 trillion of cuts, defunding the woke and weaponized bureaucracy, going at the IRS, going at a lot of the renewable energy credits that are messing up our entire energy grid, going at every single thing that we can do to be able to get us back to people back to work with work requirements. As they fight for what the House passed, it doesn't matter what AOC thinks. It is about Biden and McCarthy and the House, and the Senate will pass what Biden agrees to, and AOC can vote no, but she's irrelevant. So we're in a good place, but they have to hold the line and insist on what they passed in the House and those spending cuts that will actually lead to less spending and a lower and a, and a, and a bureaucracy that's not weaponized against the American people. So how do we, if they're, if they're all over the map right now, if they're all over the map with this, how do we get them to hold the line? I mean, the Republicans, there's, a, there's certain elements of the caucus, the 20, et cetera. They're sitting there going, hey, the best deal we've got is, is on the table. But are you hearing rumblings that McCarthy's under pressure to cut a deal with the Democrats? Otherwise, we just hold and force Treasury to show us the model. Force, look, the one June is a total lie. That's why they won't show you the, the, the numbers. They won't show you that because it's a total lie. And they understand by the 15th, there's plenty of cash coming in. And once you get to that, you don't have any, there's no crisis. We can take the whole summer to, to we can, as Grant said, we're going to fight along this line all summer. So how do we, how do we get there? How do, how do we make sure that the caucus says, show us the model? We get there by the House negotiators not getting deal happy. And to the extent that they go back to what they passed, and insist on that and insist on 22 spending levels, pre-COVID levels. You got to insist on that. That's a 20% cut to the bureaucracy. That means a 30% cut for the Department of Education, which does nothing but critical race theory. They got to insist on that. And Biden will reject it at first. He's rejecting it now. But he's going to get closer and closer to the deadline that he says that matter. You and I know it's a fake deadline. But they have to be able to cut a deal before then because you know what? If we get to June 2nd and Steve Bannon and Russ Voter right that June 1st was fake deadline, 30 to 40 years of their debt limit scaremongering goes out the window. So the pressure is on them Bingo. to reach a deal, <laughs> and McCarthy has to, has to hold the line. Hold the line. Everybody goes home for, for Memorial Day. It's all going to be fine. One more time, Russ, because i got a very special guest here. One more time. Uh, tell us what we, we have to hold the line in one June. How do we do it? Hold the line. Don't get deal happy. Insist on the House position. People want to say, what's Biden getting at? He's getting a debt limit increase. In exchange, the House have given him the terms. The terms have already been passed. Accept that bill, Joe Biden. You will get the debt limit that you need for one year. That's the deal. And House Republicans need to insist on it. They may get up to the June 1st deadline. The June 1st deadline is not real, 
Go over it. Hold the line. Hang on a second. I'm going to bring in Congressman Lauren Boebert. If the sun rises on the second and we haven't had a deal, Russ votes 100% correct. 30 years of scaremongering people about this is over. Yes. Congressman Boebert, your thoughts? Uh, yes. No, this is um, absolutely uh, an arbitrary deadline uh, that has been presented. You believe it's ar- arbitrary? I do. Uh, what has Janet Yellen been correct about? What has she overseen so far that has she just nailed it out of the park? I mean, we've had banking crisis. We've had inflation that she didn't see coming. I, I, all of this that is taking place, and now all of a sudden, um, she she knows exactly when we're going She's to... She's an oracle. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Has, she, has she shown... Have they had the common courtesy to show the House no. any set of numbers? Mm. No, no numbers. No, Steve. And um, and actually, uh, Congressman Gates today um, said we need to be bringing her in um, before before our committees um, and name several committees that she could go before and uh, and actually produce um, the information that she's seeing that makes her believe that this June first deadline is is real. And um, you know, I, I would love to see that. Um, let's let's issue that subpoena. Let's invite her in uh, first of all and, and get her before Congress to actually. Produce Produce what she's seen. If she didn't come over, you would subpoena her. Uh, you know, I think we need to be subpoena. We we need to use our subpoena authority a lot more than we are right now. Okay, we're gonna get into that. Russ, uh, what do you think? Do you think we ought to get her over there and and have an open hearing so the whole nation just let her let her explain herself in an open hearing to Congress uh, over maybe McHenry's committee? Just get her over there with people to deal with this and just say, hey, look, can we see your numbers? We we, we want to accommodate. We've passed a bill. We want to accommodate you on the first, but we got to make sure this is a real deadline. You think that's smart? No doubt about it. And and she has already admitted to this. And you put it out last night when you said that she buried the lead in her comments. They want to be able to disguise the notion of default to make it timely payment of everything the federal government's ever obligated. That's not what default is. They yes. know it. They mm-hmm. just don't want Pay to have to make trade trade-offs themselves. Ross, how do people get to you now? Because people ought to be on your Twitter feed and your Getter feed 24-7, True Social. Where do they get you on social media? How do they get over to the center? It's the same across all three channels, at Russ Vote, and they can get us at AmericaRenewing.com. We're following it closely. The watchword is hold the line, Russ? That's it. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Russ Vote, the architect of this. The number is 202-225-3121. Uh, I think today when you call, instead of giving them the what for, just say, hey, we want Yellen to show her work. Yes. Show her work. You agree with that, Congressman? Do people in your district agree with that? Would they like to see what this financial crisis is about? Absolutely. This this federal government needs to be um, much more transparent um, than it's been in the past. Uh, you know, I'm grateful that we have the gavel to have actual oversight, um, but there has to be transparency for the American people rather than just gaslighting on on media all the time and on the news all the time. That that's all that has been taking place for years now. Um, the American people are are um, kept in the dark about what's really going on. They get talking points fed to them by the DCCC and by uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and Akeem Jeffries, and uh, and then the media help push that, and they're being completely gaslit. So let's produce the documents and and show us real information. And if you can't, well, maybe you just made the whole thing up, and we're not going to default on June first. Um, but you know, when I walked in here, you were saying you know we need to hold the line, and um, uh, and Russ uh, Russ votes wonderful. He's certainly helped um, us with the House Freedom Caucus and crafting this plan and getting the right policies in place uh, for this. Um, but we cannot get deal happy. Uh, just as was said, uh, we we can't. We have already done our part. If anything, I want to increase. 
increase the ante. Let's throw in HR2. Let's get some border security in with this debt ceiling um, uh, increase. And so um, I, I don't want to make any deals that lessen what we brought to the table because there was already more that we could have done. And so if anything, uh, if they're going to keep you've playing this game. Your, you've already made your accommodation. Yes. And if they're, if they're going to play this game uh, and not want to negotiate, uh, then we should just keep up in the ante. Let me go back to your, your district because you, you had a, f- a tough general election fight. I know you're very focused on 2024. When you go back to those hardworking people mm-hmm. in Colorado, the people that didn't vote for you, what is their sense of what's going on here with the spending? And do they feel they're being dealt with straight, that people are actually giving them the information they need to come to some conclusion about how they make decisions on this? It really depends on um, who you're listening to. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of people who believe the media, and so they see that um, Republicans aren't aren't doing enough um, in the House uh, for this, this debt ceiling, and um, they're believing that message that's coming from the White House, from Joe Biden, from the from Jen Psaki's replacement, and, uh, and they're saying, what are you guys going to do? Well, we already did it. We produced uh, a solution for Joe Biden's problem, and and if there is a and you gave an increase to the debt ceiling, a- absolutely. We we and you're not happy it. with that bill. We're not no. happy in the war. We're in policy, but we in the spirit of trying to move things forward. You guys, McCarthy did a masterful job of bringing it all together, mm-hmm. presenting it. That's the bill that's passed. That's the bid. There's no. They haven't come up with any any response. The Correct. Senate, Schumer hasn't done anything in the White House. Mm-hmm. And we have done our part. So now it is up to the Senate and Joe Biden to to come to the table and say, okay, this is what we we can have some clawbacks with with. COVID spending and the IRA. See, now they don't want to touch the IRA. Uh, this is ma- these are massive subsidies to the. Um, this is the energy bill. This the, is the, the bill, bill. This is basically mm-hmm. the Bill Back Better. Right. Yeah. Inflation it, Reduction Act. It, it jacked was, inflation. Right. Right. Inflation Expansion Act is what it really is. And and it it was the Green New Deal. And Democrats brag about that every day in the House. Uh, I'm in committee with them all the time, and they're talking about the Green New Deal subsidies um, that are in there. And it's it. It's the Inflation Reduction Act. I mean, it's just a big con game. We title it one way, we load it with a bunch of other stuff and sell it. Um, but th- this is very reasonable, and this is what the House has put forward. Russ Vote helped us um, tremendously on this. The House Freedom Caucus, we got together. Some of other other allies, like Congressman Gates, um, came to the table, and um, we said, this is what we're willing to um, to put forward in, in lieu of a, a debt ceiling increase. Here's a question. We're going to go to a short uh, commercial break right now. Here's a question when we get back. Um, have you seen anything? Are the Democrats, are they working, one, with a sense of urgency? And number two, do you think they're really putting forward anything to actually to get to a deal? Hang on. All right, we're, 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 right. No, no, we're going to leave. We got, we, I want to I have this audience even build through the break. We'll be back in the war room in just a second. <laughs> Congressman Lauren Boebert in the House. Next. President Trump recently issued a warning from his home at Mar-a-Lago. And I want to quote this. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be the greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years. End quote. He did that in the interview that I had with him a couple weeks ago at his home. Now, there are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar. Inflation, deficit spending, in our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there's one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and political and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times. That would be gold. Gold has been a hedge against chaos from time immemorial. And you can own it 
in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Let me repeat that. You don't pay a penny out of pocket. Just text Bannon to 989898 for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the entire process. Let me repeat that. Birch Gold professionals will hold your hand through this entire process. Now think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. It always has been. How much more time does the dollar actually have? Protect your savings with gold like I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text Bannon to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Text again, Bannon, to 989898. Remember, the best part is you don't pay a penny out of pocket to get this information and start the process. Do it today. Take action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, the head of the, in the hold open, you weren't here to see it, but they had the head of the Progressive Caucus and AOC saying they're going to take to the streets if yes. there's any cuts whatsoever. Is that a threat? Uh, that sounded like a threat. I, really, we're going to we're going to start rioting now. I mean, their extremism is on full display. Um, uh, they they are so extreme and so radical in every single one of their positions. And just like I said, they got the media to co- to cover for them and try to make them look reasonable and make Republicans look extreme. Um, but in everything that they are doing, this is extreme. You asked me. Um, well, maybe you're going to ask it again. We are kind of teeing it up there. But the urgency that the Democrats um, do they have any urgency to get this? Um, taken care of. And um, no, they're fine to just sit back and, and put the blame on Republicans because they know they have this coalition in the media to um, to to massage that message for them and uh, make them the good guys. Are they actually negotiating in, in good faith? Are you hearing real proposals coming forward? And uh, why is McCarthy even listening to this? Because you've got a bill. Let them pass something, right? Or, right. I, I don't think that we we should be negotiating anything other than our bill. Um, we have done our job. We passed the bill. The Senate is the one that needs to come to the table and actually present something. What is there to negotiate? I haven't seen a plan. I've seen our plan. I haven't seen anything else. So, um, I, you know, I, I wasn't a part of the meetings that took place um, with uh, the folks that McCarthy sent over and, and um, the speaker himself went there. Um, but, you know, there were there were walkouts there. Um, and they're saying this isn't in good faith. So um, I don't know what's being said in those rooms uh, in totality, but it doesn't sound um, like something that's uh, being done in good faith. And coming from this administration and from the Democrat Party, is is there anything ever in good faith? You were part of the Magnificent Six mm-hmm. and also part of the 20. Given, and you're part of the House Freedom Caucus, mm-hmm. where's the Freedom Caucus coming? Because they've been the rocks on this. We're going to yeah. have uh, Ralph Norman on Next, he's one of the leaders in in in, mm-hmm. in the uh, in the twenty. Talk to me about where the Freedom Caucus is in this. They dug in? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this was our plan. This was our bill that we passed. Uh, we were the ones that had a, a press conference um, and with, with senators and said, this is what we need to do. If we are going to agree to increase the debt ceiling, then this is what we want to see happen. And that's the plan that we ultimately passed. And I'm glad that uh, Congressman Ralph Norman is coming on and, and joining you. Um, that'll be great. Uh, you know, he's on the Rules Committee, so he's uh, been very um, active in, in how all of this is going to play out and certainly was one of the 20 and a uh, fellow Freedom Caucus member. But um, 
some of us with the uh, Freedom Caucus are are getting together this evening. You know, we're going to talk more about this. But I, I mean, I think that um, I certainly hope you're not going to see any of us break off. Um, but the Freedom Caucus, I mean, that's that's a conservative conscience of the Republican Party, and these are the the guys and girls that I turn to. You know, when I need help and understanding, and you know, and uh, they have my back and I have theirs. So uh, I think that if if we remain strong. We might be able to pull this off. What? It, it, how can I don't understand with with him with McCarthy on tenterhooks, and he, he's doing a good job and really an incredible job mm-hmm. of the messaging coming out mm-hmm. to the sticks. What he did on the Senate terrace the other day was right. great. That unity of the of this thing. Why would he give that up? All the polling. We're gonna have Mark Mitchell on from Rasmussen tomorrow morning. The polling's off the charts. The American mm-hmm. people is like fifty six percent, sixty seven percent. They understand things have to be cut. We can't. Re- you know, we we shouldn't be taking any money. McCarthy's thing is saying, why are we paying for guys right. surfing on couches mm-hmm. that won't do twenty hours a week? Yeah, for gets m- more for requirements. <laughs> and we're borrowing the money from China. Yes. Your constituents understand that. Yes. Why are we not why why are the rest of the Republicans not dug in with you guys? From the from the messaging that I've heard from the speaker, um he, he has dug in on this. And um so going back to the last segment of your show where we had Russ vo- uh, vote on here, uh we cannot get deal happy and um just start offering cuts and negotiating with ourselves. Uh we have to see a plan and uh and really we have to hold strong to what we pass. I, we get, we have the Chamber of Commerce that's supporting what we passed out of the House. I mean, come on. Um, when's the last time they, they came to our side? Uh, so this is very reasonable. Um, it's understandable to, to cut these uh, hundreds of billions of dollars in areas. And, and I don't want to hear the excuse of we'll take, a, we'll take care of it in the appropriations process. Yeah. There's, there's plenty we're going to take care of in the appropriations plos- process. But let's get something now, too. Um, you know, we're, we're not going to increase. Um, I don't want to see an increase to 2025. Um, that number is is far too you, much. You mean to push the, the, the timeline the, from the spring of next year, this thing correct. would go to March or April or May, to push it to after the inauguration of 2025, right. which would basically give them $4 trillion, $5 trillion. That's exactly what that would do. And, and so I think as long as the American people continue to show their support for the plan that we have passed and, and say that they don't want anything that is um, – that reduces the amount of cuts or extends the timeline, um, then uh, the speaker will continue to see that polling and the response of the American people and will stand strong with us. Uh, we, we fought for these rules to empower the speaker, for him to be a better speaker, and he's done a really, really great job, and that's exactly what I want to continue to see him do. Uh, so I, I hope that we can all stay united throughout this. Um, but I think the speaker knows that he has our or we have his back from the House Freedom Caucus as 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 long as we can see this um, and and stay strong. If he holds the line, yes. Let's talk about what else is going on. Uh, you got an invasion on the southern border. You have mm. these investigations. Do you think that the uh, the conference and the Republicans are moving with enough alacrity? They're mo- being aggressive enough on these subpoenas. They're being aggressive enough on these investigations. They're being aggressive enough on trying to stop this madness on the on the invasion of the southern border. Steve, I always think we could be more aggressive. Uh, you I'm know, so shocked it, it, that Lauren Boebert <laughs> doesn't think we're aggressive enough. <laughs> Do more, do more. Uh, no, so I, I do want to see more people um, before us um, in committees. I want to have. Are me- you using the subpoena power enough? I don't think it's enough. No, we, we've is- issued tens of subpoenas. We need to issue hundreds of subpoenas. Um, and as far as the border, um, going back to our last uh, segment talk there, I-, I want to up the ante with this debt ceiling increase and add HR2, a border security bill. Um, we fought for that in the speaker's race as well. We demanded that um, the Texas-built border security plan come to the floor, and we were able to get that passed. But 
is the Senate going to pass that? Is Joe Biden going to sign that? Well, let's up the ante and add it to this. Would you say, in other words, you would say, hey, you got to f- close the business Friday to accept what we've got. If you don't, we're going to add pulling out of the WHO, adding some border security. We'll add a couple more things to right, it. Right. We're not getting weaker. weaker. We'll, and we'll if get you stronger. don't agree to that by the middle of next week, we're going to add some more stuff. We're, we're moving forward. There's plenty of stuff that we could add on there, um, demands for the uh, must-pass piece of legislation. So uh, I think Joe Biden should take the increase that he's getting and uh, see that we are at a very reasonable place. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just keep adding more onto it. Um, but also, uh, you know, I, I was I was talking today and we um, and it was said that we need to be using the House floor to actually be pushing the message of all of these things that are in the debt ceiling instead of the, the bills that we're passing right now. I mean, sure, we got some good bills coming up, but I, uh, why don't we have the 87,000 IRS agents bring that back into the mix? Let's, why don't we have the, um, the IRA uh, and defunding that and, and all of There's these so other, much great stuff in so here. So many things. And, and we, we, haven't we can done, bring that we and have, use the yes, House floor. We haven't done enough about mm-hmm. messaging that because people, the, like I said, we're going to have Mark Mitchell from Rasmus and the polling's off the chart. You know, the country has your back on this. Mm-hmm. They understand something yes. has to happen, and they don't realize why it's not happening. Yes. And the Democrats, can be, when they're saying we're going to take to the streets, if you have any – they said we've worked so hard to get here. If you cut a nickel of spending, we worked so riot. hard to get to $32 trillion in debt. You see, but they don't, <laughs> don't care. Don't take it away from us. They don't care. Right. They could care less about that. It's irresponsible. Do you think – when you issue these subpoenas, particularly when, when Ray and the FBI just – they had to high noon – the, the administration, this regime, is just in your grill about they're not they're not going to cooperate at all. Mm-hmm. Yes, they have no they have no fear of uh, repercussions. Uh, it's it's their administration. It's Biden's DOJ. Um, you know they're not they're not investigating um, the things that we're putting forward, uh, which is very frustrating. You got Hunter Biden. You got the big guy Joe Biden himself. You know look what we look what uh, Chairman James Comer um, uncovered in uh, the Oversight Committee uh, that we have shell companies from from China. Ten million dollars. You know, Ten million dollars to nine Biden family members. And uh, exactly. And there is no Biden family business. It's selling access to Joe. We got a couple of minutes. I know you got to bounce right now. Where is the center of gravity of your work? You're one of the fire brands. You're one of the leaders. You're this rising generation. Where are you spending your time? Uh, when people, I know you do media, but where are you spending your time behind the scenes working on this? Yes. Uh, well, so obviously the debt ceiling is number one right now, but we got other things. That's that your are coming. number one priority. That is number one right now. But uh, but also we have uh, other things coming up. We have a farm bill coming up. You know, we have appropriations coming up. I've already been working through the appropriations requests, things that we could defund. Um, I, I want people to don't understand. We're going to get into the body of the yeah, yeah. appropriations. Yes, correct? yes. We're, we're, we're going to take the woke and weaponized out. Then we are going to defund the woke and weaponized. Um, Areas of our federal government, yes, that will be in the appropriations process, and um, and that's stuff that we're already working through. We, we have got pages and pages of um, departments and programs that could be defunded because they are they are woke and weaponized, and very excited about that. I'm excited to put forward, um, put to use the Holman Rule. And and go you after mean these, actually terminate people if they didn't if reduce they, their salary significantly. Um, and and so these bureaucrats that have overreached, bring them in. And um, I, I want to be very aggressive with that. Um, but then also, you know, I mean, on a day to day, we have the oversight committee, we have these hearings. Um, but Steve, natural resources is my is my passion. Uh, we we have to be energy secure again. We have to be energy independent. Uh, we we all want cleaner air, cleaner water. Uh, and but we can't turn this economy around to a we'll f- full spectrum energy dominant right, again. Right. Right. Yes. So that all plays together. So we how have tough to is produce- that? With, how tough is that with their obsession with the Green New Deal? Because it's a it's a 
this it's a religion. Th- it's a religion. It's a theological mm-hmm. discussion mm-hmm. with those folks, right? Yes. And we sit on these committees. They, yes. They're, they're not rational. They are not rational at all. And and I travel to um, these these co-ops, these energy co-ops, and they're like they they want us to to be completely green and renewable by by twenty thirty five by twenty fifty, and it's absolutely not possible. Um, they 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 don't have the battery capacity. They don't have the storage. They don't have the transmission lines to even connect it to the grid. If they did, I, I mean, it, none of it, it it is there yet. And so, I mean, these companies are struggling um, to comply with regulations, and um, you know, it's just making it hard and harder. We just need to produce. Hold the line. That's yes. A, okay. Hold, How do hold people the line. on social media and what, the website where do they get to you on social media? Um, on social media, I'm uh, at Lauren Bobert on Twitter and Lauren Bobert for Congress on Facebook, and uh, my website is LaurenForFreedom.com. And let me tell you, I am the number one target on the DCCC's list. We know that. This, so, how do pe- how, if people are so inclined, where do they go to make a donation? LaurenForFreedom.com is where you could come to help support me. Um, every little bit helps. Uh, they certainly came after us. We were outspent. I've already been outspent in the first quarter um, by my Democrat opponent. And that they smell blood in the water. They're coming after me because uh, I am coming after them. You're coming after them. Thank you for coming in here. Thanks, hold the Steve. line. Hold the line, Steve. Okay. Well, Don't uh, get deal happy. Ne- next, I love that. Next couple of days, hold the line. Show us your work. Short commercial break. Ralph Norman, South Carolina, next. Junk science. That's what the doctor called many of those fruit and vegetable supplements. Junk science because they use extracts of common produce department fruits and vegetables with few health benefits. Now look, I take Field of Greens because it's the whole organic fruit and vegetable, not a watered down supplement, and it's backed by a better health promise. Each ingredient in Field of Greens was scientifically chosen to support vital organs like heart, lungs, and kidney health. Others support my immune system, blood pressure, metabolism, and healthy weight loss. I don't eat as healthy as I should. I got that. I know it. I own it. That's why I take Field of Greens. Like me, you'll probably look and feel healthier fast and have way more energy. And I mean way more energy. But your best proof will be at your next checkout checkup when your doctor says, hey, whatever you're doing, it's working. Keep it up. Let me get you started with 15% off. Visit fieldofgreens.com. That's fieldofgreens.com. And use promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Take action, action, action. Do that today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Uh, welcome back. Uh, now we're going to go to one of the, um, the, the leaders of this, Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina. By the way, the number is 202-225-3121 to call and talk to your congressman. 202-224-3121 to your senator, the congressman. Make sure they understand. Hold the line. And now it's uh, we want to see the work because we've been standing here for weeks and weeks and weeks. Where's Janet Yellen's? How do we know this June 1st date's a real date? O- only number she puts on anything is the date on the letter. Congressman Norman, you're, you're a businessman. You've had to work with projections. You've done financing. You're a real estate developer. Have you ever seen a situation like this where, where the people kind of trying to negotiate a deal won't show you any of the numbers, sir? Not only will they not show you the numbers, Steve, they won't put it in writing. They'll talk in these glowing terms, but <clears throat> they don't put it in writing. It's just like Janet Yellen throwing these dates out. Nobody believes that. And, you know, Matt Gates did a great job to say, let's subpoena Janet Yellen. Let's get her uh, in and make her answer. Where, where are the numbers to back up? 
this date, these dates that she's been saying. And I, I think now, you know, originally she was June 1. Now she's talking about maybe June 15th. I mean, you know, this thing could be July or August, for all we know. But main thing, put it in writing, testify, and give us something to go on to, to see. Because you have people that can follow the numbers. And to not provide numbers is insane. Do you think that that's going to happen? Do you think there's going to be a real effort now to try to invite her to come down? And if she, she doesn't come and subpoena her and say, look, we need to have a presentation where you actually show us the cash flow here. And, uh, I mean, you've dealt with cash flow all the time. You show us the cash flow, use of proceeds, sources of proceeds, and, uh, you know, sources and uses. And we can make a determination about this process going forward. Do you think that will happen? You know, if even if she if she answers a subpoena, which she'll have to do, it's just smoke and mirrors with her. I mean, what can you trust with this administration? I think uh, they are playing the, you know, the nation's going to be in turmoil. The debt limits reach. You can't pay bonds. You can't pay Social Security, veterans benefits. Uh, I think that's the only leverage they think they have. So I think. Uh, you know, the longer this goes on, though, the more she's going to have to at least uh, have something for us to look at. Because, I mean, why not? If she's confident on her figures and she's confident on the dates, she's she's obviously coming up with them from somewhere. But it's politics, Steve. You've been around. You know, this is just uh, trying to play it out, trying to make the Republicans fold, which I don't think we're going to do. Uh, it could be some tweaks, but it's going to have to be what we presented the Senate and the, this administration is pretty much the final offer. And we need to be adding to it. We need to be doubling down on it. And, um, uh, you know, I would, Chip Roy suggested putting the immigration bill in. We need to do that. And the longer it goes, because here, you know, Biden was in Japan. For what? What what's he doing there? Rather than what's more important than, as he says, the 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 debt ceiling and the survival of America. Politico had this article that finally showed that the the Treasury guys understand the prioritization of payments. Basically, enough's cash coming in to pay the interest, to pay the uh, any any face amount that rolls over. That we're talking about, and she's changed the nomenclature, Congressman, from you know a default to now pay your bills. Well, it's a six trillion dollar budget. You got contractors at Department of Labor and Education. I mean, these guys can be stretched a week or five days. It's not the end of the world. Is, is that what they're trying to do? Is three card money where they change now? They got to have every bill's got to be paid exactly on time on June first, or the whole it, the, the full faith and credit's going to collapse here in the United States. Is that what they're trying to do? That's the message that she's going to put out. That's a message that the handlers that are, or the cabal that's run, running this administration will, will try to uh, scare the American people. I mean, you remember Obama. He shut down some parks and some uh, government buildings that didn't get cleaned. And they'll try everything. This, this group will know, knows no bounds. And all they want to do is be able to keep the, the budget, keep spending, keep the credit card. And we're just not going to let them do that, as you know, with the, with the, with the speaker fight. It's one of the big things that we reminded Kevin McCarthy of today, who, by the way, has done a good job. But uh, she's going to have to prove it, uh, Janet Yellen, and for whatever it's worth, uh, make some kind of uh, a statement that is backed up by if, if let's say, a bond payment's not going to be met, which bonds? And what about the taxes coming in from those states like California who've been delayed from COVID? That's going to be revenue coming in. And so she can't just play ignorant. 
Uh, now, she can try to get by with words, as they always do, in emotion. But I, it's just a different day now. And uh, Americans are feeling it, 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 feeling inflation at every level. Nothing has gotten, has, has gotten better under this administration. And the debt has taken on a new uh, meaning, I think, for most Americans now. You're a businessman, real estate developer, dealt with banks, dealt with finance. When you hear even what their offers are, their logic, are, are they talking the, in, in the terms that adults talk when they have to work through budgets, and whether it's a personal budget or a plan for a small business or real estate or buying a house, a mortgage? Are you hearing any rationality coming from their side? Uh, or are they just talking a different language than, than we talk, sir? They're talking a different language, and they're talking something they don't understand. Uh, most of these bureaucrats who are uh, masquerading as politicians have never had a real job. They wouldn't understand a balance sheet if you uh, if, if it was spelled out in ABCs. They just don't go there. Uh, and you look at all the the uh, you know what has been said to date. It's basically nothing other than platitudes on why we're in the shape we're in. I mean, Steve, imagine this is a administration that is not cutting one dollar from anything. If you run a peanut stand, you can find find a dollar. He just he's made it clear. And I, all the reporters ask me, "Have you got a deal? Have you got a deal?" No. I mean, he, he's made his his. Uh, uh, his ambition is to just keep spending. Uh, we heard today that he may be offering, uh, instead of the, put, having the 22 budget for the 24 budget, put the 23, which is, had all the COVID spending in it. But uh, that's just not going to fly now. And we're pretty well set on everything that we had, uh, the 22 being the 24 budget, cutting all the, uh, the, the IRS agents, the student loans, and all of that. But we got to double down on it the longer it takes. It is irresponsible for this administration to go this long with not having numbers or not having something in writing. And the best thing we could do is say, you know, if we don't have it in writing by the end of this week, we're going home and we'll not come back until you have something. Now, we've got next week off anyway. But as it goes on, and I can see this going on into July as they amp up the pressure on Republicans to give in. I don't think it's going to work this time, though. I, I, I 100% agree with you. One other element, I, I, wanna, I don't think people, and I don't think we do a good enough job measuring, messing. you have given him a debt ceiling increase. You've attached with it a, a number of very logical, very rational pieces to that to get to that. And you've set a deadline, I think, the, the time will come up again, the $1.5 trillion or March, April, and May of next year. My understanding is in there even discussions one thing they're adamant about is that it's got to get out of the presidential season. It's going to have to be after the inauguration in 2025. My back-of-the-envelope math says that could be as much as a $4 trillion or more debt ceiling increase. Is that type of insanity? Would anybody in your caucus, anybody in your conference really consider that as a possibility? No. All along, the, the number we heard on the debt ceiling increase was 4 to $6 trillion. I mean, imagine that. That tacked on to the $32 uh, trillion. And I would argue when you put Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, it's much larger than that. But, yeah, he wants to try to, uh, one, make the claim that we're holding him hostage, which it's not. And, two, uh, he wants to get it past the presidential election because he didn't want to deal with it. He wants to put his head in the sand, as he has on all these other issues. Uh, but, I mean, again, the it took a lot of convincing for Kevin McCarthy 
to give us uh, to give him any type of an increase. And, and 1.5 trillion is more than uh, I would have wanted, but we did get substantial reductions that had to go along with that. And we put the timeline on it. Uh, March, April, and May, where it, it ends. And uh, But Steve, they will spend every dollar we give them. They know no bounds. They think, uh, you know, printing money is what their job is. Government is their job. And it's killing the country, and I think American, the American people will judge them because of that. We've got to stick tight, though. We cannot break from what we sent them in writing uh, that no one said we could do, but we did. Do you think they've been, since they haven't given you anything back in writing, or is your belief they're being straight, that the Biden regime is being straight uh, with the uh, House Republicans? No. They're playing, I will give them credit understand leverage um, and I think they think the longer this holds out they will get the squishy Republicans to say well let's start negotiating when negotiating what our negotiating has been done and so you know I think they're just gonna ride this out and it's up to us to put the pressure we ought to be having uh, a press conference the Freedom Caucus and those 20 of us who uh, who made the, made the, put the concessions on the speaker, uh, we ought to be having press conferences every week. And I think you'll see that as time goes on. Uh, all of us are, are messaging what exactly it means, what we have presented, which is a far cry from what most of us would have wanted as far as cuts. But it does get the ball going in the right direction. The, the spending is downward, and it's uh, it's in the right direction. But this is... is uh, is by no means a cure-all. It's a first step, but that's all it is. This stairway is a long stairway. Do you believe, let's talk about the the offer. Would you give them till close of business Friday to come back with a set of numbers and a response? If not, you, you add getting out of the WHO, border security, a couple, three other things. You think there's an appetite to, to press the bet here and, and, and to increase uh, and to increase the uh, to basically increase our offer, make it tougher if they don't accept what's on the table. Absolutely, it's getting to that point. And particularly if we just get words from Yellen when she does testify. Uh, and I think it's time now to say no more. Uh, you know, I'm tired of again the press saying you know the the uh, there's been no any any uh, results on the talks. Well, it's time it's time to stop talking and just meeting for the sake of meeting. Put it in writing. If I sold you a shopping center, it would be in writing. Or if I sold you a toaster, it would be in writing. It's time for the man putting it in, to put it in writing or no more meetings and let him uh, tell the American people why it's, it's not significant enough to put something in writing. Because right now we're just going back and forth. And to, to negotiate against ourselves goes against everything anybody in the business arena has ever known. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. And we're... Uh, having these talks, and it's not—it's not for us to be eager. It's up for him to come back and say we either accept it or we don't, or here's why, and then then let the conversation begin. But it's time to go home as far as not and, and ending this charade of endless meetings that, up to this date, has produced nothing. Congressman, can I ask you just to hold briefly through the? We're going to take a short commercial break. I, I've got a couple more questions, and, and, and sure. you're hearing. A lot of wisdom here because uh, Congressman Norman has negotiated many, many deals. And that's one of the things I see here. It's just it's a uh, complete amateur how this is being uh, handled. 
We're going to take a short commercial break. We're going to turn Congressman Ralph Norman from South Carolina, a very experienced businessman and one of the real architects of this. He's also on the Rules Committee, so he knows the whole process of how this has to get through. Short commercial break. We're going to be back in the war room in just a moment. days I was a naval officer on a destroyer. In fact, I was the A-gang officer in charge of all the engineering systems that were not main propulsion. And one of those was air purification. And I can tell you the standards of the United States Navy are second to none. If all home air purifiers are the same, why did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships. Because of Viroclans, advanced mineral technology goes beyond ordinary HEPA filters to destroy airborne illness causing cold and flu viruses, including COVID. And Viroclans is the new science in air purification. And now you can order one for your home. This is how you help stop colds and flus from taking your whole family down. This is how you destroy allergy and flaming toxins and mold from the air your family breathes. In fact, this hospital-grade technology is so powerful that it promises far fewer colds and allergies and better sleep. Visit ekpure.com. That's ekpure.com. And use the code STEVE for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home purification unit. You also receive a free air quality monitor, plus fast, free shipping. That's $150 savings right there. That's ekpure.com, code Steve. ekpure.com, code Steve. Right. The new social media taking on big tech, protecting free speech, and canceling cancel culture. Join the marketplace of ideas. The platform for independent thought has arrived. Superior technology. No more selling your personal data. No more censorship. No more cancel culture. Enough. Getter has arrived. It's time to say what you want the way you want. Download now. Hello, I'm Steve Stern, CEO of Flagshirt.com, a third-generation, veteran-owned small business. I believe that the American way of life is for all of us. I'm asking you today to visit flagshirt.com. Help keep the American dream alive. Be a flag waver. Carry a nation's heritage. Use coupon code ACTION10 for 10% off site-wide and buy a flag shirt today. Action, action, action. Remember, 14 June is going to be our Flag Day event. Steve Stern's putting it on. We're going to get you more details about this so everybody can participate. Congressman Norman, here's what our audience appreciates. You don't talk like a politician. You talk like a businessman. And, you know, our audience is working class people, small entrepreneurs, uh, the middle class. And all they want to all they want to do is be dealt with straight. They just want a common sense, plain talk, no hide the football and it's refreshing. I remember when we first had you on here early, I think in, in January, when you came on, you said, hey, 
I got nothing against Kevin McCarthy, but I stood up and said, you voted for all these bills before. We got to stop this. You were the first guy to really stand up and say, it's all going to come down to this debt ceiling negotiations. Given where we are now, in your kind of common sense, practical, no back down attitude, are, are, we, are we where you think we ought to be? And are you comfortable tonight as you head over to the House Freedom Caucus meeting tonight uh, that we're going to hold the line? Well, if you look at it, Steve, we really, other than we put something in writing and we, we got the necessary 218 votes to get over to the, to the Senate. Now, our task is not done. We won't be successful unless uh, we carry this thing through to the end. Now, I think that it's going to get a lot rougher over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I think that the fact that uh, what we said at caucus today was very meaningful. People are, are dug in. And uh, it's people that are coming up to us and saying, uh, one, let's hold the line, let's don't give in. And it's my opinion, if we do give in, and I mean basically go to smoke and mirrors that most of the political uh, hacks around here have done in the past, we lose the confidence of the American people. Because this, the ship has already sailed with, with what our proposal is. And we're so far apart now that uh, the Biden administration, the only thing they can do is uh, try to wait this thing out and let the public pressure build. They did that on the 20 of us, though. I mean, the public pressure that the media and all, uh, I mean, that's just their playbook. It didn't work, and I don't think it's going to work on this debt ceiling. Now, we've got people who, um, you know, they're not going to join in on voting unless we get something big in return that makes financial sense, we won't do it. He can't get the 218 to, to pass the, uh, the House. And I don't care how much I hear the Senate can't pass it or Biden just isn't going to, you know, we're going to default. We just got to ride that out. And, um, and we'll, we'll have the confidence back of the American people. Where do, before I let you go, your, the people in your district, uh, where are their heads at right now on this topic? A lot of them don't understand how it affects them. I mean, the debt, when you hear the debt ceiling, it, uh, the, the difference now, while they may not see that, what they do understand is the price they're paying at the pump. They understand the crime that's going up. They're seeing on TV screens all over the country. Uh, they understand the people coming across the border. That is affecting South Carolina. Uh, they understand that nothing has come down. And that's what's got them concerned. And I think I sense in South Carolina People are, are, for the first time, genuinely concerned about the survival of the country. And, um, you know, I, I'm as frustrated as I have been. Uh, and it'll be a total frustration if we can't get this bill across in substantially the same form that we presented it. And, and, and again, put some financial sanity back in an administration that knows no bounds. They're totally sold out to uh, country, other countries, and it's a, it's a shame. I do think we will do it, though, and I do think it'll be successful. In a, in a, I just want to make sure I understand this. In a state like South Carolina with the patriots and the uh, hard work, grit, determination, you actually think now there's folks down there that think that this the, the, the end of the republic could be before us if we don't get a grip on this? I think it will. I mean, think about this. Another four years under this administration, take the Supreme Court alone. Take what the damage that would happen. 
uh, along with everything else. And they're saying it's now or never. And they're looking on the, the debt ceiling. While it may not, in their minds, affect them, they know their children are going to have to pay it off. They know the 90, 95000 or they've heard the figure of the 95000 for every newborn in this country is stuck with that tab. They know the family of uh, in America, the families in America are roughly in the $250,000 range debt that they are, are they owe. They understand that. And they know we can't keep going like we're going. And so they're behind it, and they want to see us succeed. We can't fail. Congressman Norman, how do people get to your site, social media, all of it? RepRalphNorman.com uh, is where you would go on my, uh, on my Facebook and on my uh, Twitter account, and um, look forward to hearing from people. Congressman, thank you very much. We'll make sure we, uh, you've got a, a lot of fans here, so I'm sure you're going to hear from a lot of folks. Thank you very much. Honored to have you on thank, here. Thank you. Congressman Norman was uh, the first to really start driving this and uh, done a magnificent job so far. Okay, Natalie Wynn is going to pick up in the next hour. Absolutely packed show. Make sure you go to MyPillow.com, promo code WARM. You're going to need a good night's sleep. As Congressman Norman said, it's not going to get any easier. I want to give you some breaking news from one of the people associated with negotiating. They're saying the negotiations have stopped for the evening, right? These negotiations that are not in good faith by the Biden regime, but no more negotiations. Uh, what they ought to do instead of negotiating is send Janet Yellen tomorrow morning with a couple of her Treasury Grundoons, get over there in front of a committee, and make a presentation let us see the math. Let us see the work, okay? That's what we need to do to go forward. And you're going to find out that this is completely a phony made-up date, randomly picked to put pressure on people to try to make a terrible deal. So we've got to hold the line. Make sure you call your voice heard. It means a lot. You're the chairman of the creditors committee, and the, it's the congressman Normans of the world that put you there, what they call the ultra-maga extremists. Okay, short commercial break. Natalie Winters picks it up in the next hour of action-packed war room. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out. 